Good morning. So good to see this church full of wonderful people. Um, we're in March, Mad March, Mission March. We've, uh, we're doing the Alpha course. If you don't know, we're doing an Alpha course in our church at the moment. And we've decided to share with the whole church what we've been doing. So January, we talked about Jesus, Jesus January. February, we talked about faith, faith February. And now we're on Mission March. So get the alliteration and uh, you might be able to remember that. Um, so how, what do you think about the word mission? Conjured up in your head, what does that word mean to you? In the dictionary, it says this. It's the vocation or the calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one, to go out into the world and spread its faith. Or this one's a bit more James Bond-like. It's an important assignment given to a person or a group of people, typically involving travel abroad. I, I kind of like that one. Um, but actually, it's really a bit of both. We, when we look back to the Bible, we think of the fishermen who Jesus called uh, to catch men, not fish. And they were going out to catch people and tell them the good news. And that's both spreading their faith and it's a pretty important assignment which may or may not involve travel. So what is this good news, I hear you say? We've got many good news stories. Um, you only have to look at the front of this church to see these wonderful families. We're here to celebrate the good news that these wonderful children have been born and that their families have come back to say thank you to God. Maybe you've got some good news that you've got a new job. Maybe you've got the good news you're moving to Cornwall, or you might be becoming a bishop. Uh, not many people have that kind of news. Um, maybe your news is slightly different to that. Maybe your news is that you've just booked your holiday for the summer, or that you've passed your exams, or that you're, you've got into the university you really want to get into, or you've been given the all clear from cancer, or there's another new addition to your family that needs to be celebrated. Have you had any good news recently that you'd like to share? I'm actually going to give you about 30 seconds to turn to the person next to you and say something that's happened to you in the past week that is brilliant news. Go. Won't bother. Okay. As you can tell, good news stories are really easy to share. So, anyone want to shout out something that has been amazing this week? Big, loud voice. Go for it, church. Come on. No. I tell you what happened yesterday. There was an alpha course running in this church, and it it was just amazing, and lots of people say it was a brilliant day, so we need to say thank you for that. What a, yeah, hallelujah, let's clap for the Alpha course yesterday. It's really important as Christians to be thankful every day. We're called to be thankful and to share the good news of the blessings that God's given us. 
And actually, that's what spurs each other on to, to live and serve Christ. So why is it that so many Christians find it actually really hard to share their faith, to share what the good news really is? And that good news is that Jesus Christ died for us, so we should really step out if he did that for us. So how can we join in with those first disciples and proclaim the good news that God loves us? People need to hear that truth, and we need to hear their stories. So another moment to share, what do you think the good news is? What's at the heart of why you go to church? What's at the heart of why you've brought your babies to be baptized today? Why are you here? 30 seconds, go. Okay, now if you hear the tone from up here, it was much more subdued. The first question was animated, and the second one, we're really thinking. There's something to think about in the way that we speak about the love that we have for Christ, if we have it at all. If you're able to talk about Christ in church, in this church building, you can talk about him outside the church as well. People make a decision about what church is about based on us. Church is about bringing people into the church building to understand what Jesus is all about and the message and the good news that he came to share with us. And, you know, we have a brilliant website. We've got social media. We've got posts. We've got brilliant posters. And, and they're there for a reason. The reason that we care so much about that is because we're portraying something of Jesus. And he cares, too. We were called to live life in all its fullness. So I want you to think about how you are living outside in the world. Because you may be the only Bible that people are ever going to read. When they meet you, they meet Jesus Christ in you. So we have to model Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. That's incarnational ministry. Christ living within us. It's really important. We've all got different skills, we've all got different gifts, different opportunities, and different relationships. But if we pray, there's something inside us that will speak according to that gifting. So be yourself in all of this. Don't try to be something you're not. Don't try to be someone you're not. I came to faith when I was really small. I have, well, I do have an idea why, but I went to a Baptist church um, opposite from where we lived in Orpington, and I made my parents make me go. So they took me over there, dropped me off every week, and they went home and did whatever they needed to do, but they weren't Christians, they didn't go to church. But they had got me baptized as a child. And in the 1970s, there was this generational thing that people did get children baptized. The generation before, they would have had to get them baptized. They were kind of 
charged with getting their children baptised really quickly. It was something that a couple of generations, two, three generations ago, they did more readily than we do now. So my parents, my mum, really felt that that was a thing that she had to do. But in her words, this is what she said to me, because I asked her about this. Why, why did you get me baptised? Why did you have me baptised when you weren't Christian? And she said it was just so strong in her mind. I was brought up to go to church. I wanted to get married in church. It was just a custom then. Most people had their children baptised. But I didn't do it just for that. There was something more. I wanted to say thank you for your life and the life of my two sisters as well. You see, that impact of my parents' decision followed me through my teenage years to the time when I was 15 and made that decision for myself as a teenager. And I chose to follow the good news of Jesus and to share that with others. I didn't just handpick the bits I liked and the bits and chuck away the bits I didn't. I went wholeheartedly into it. And do you know what? This is the great part of this testimony. My parents became Christians when I was about 19. And we prayed for them so much as teenage girls growing up that they became Christians too. And they serve in their church down in Devon. And, you know, it's a great testimony. You know, our society isn't necessarily like that anymore. And it actually falls squarely with the parents and the godparents and the grandparents and the friends and the church family to teach these children about the love that Jesus has for them. No one else is going to do that anymore. We all have a responsibility to raise these children in faith in Christ. So it's not just about you, it's not just about us, not just about me. God is at work. We're all part of the process. We don't have to do all the work. God is doing it already. We just need to kind of catch up with him. We need to learn how to be good news people, ordinary people doing really good stuff. Relationship is at the heart of the mission, both in our families and outside of them. And that's why Alpha has been amazing for the church. It's given everybody a chance to come in to build relationships with the people in the church and then maybe to build relationship with Jesus Christ themselves. It's a wonderful opportunity. Our reading from Acts is one of the many examples where the early Christians were speaking about the good news. Peter had been sent for by Cornelius the centurion, who was a God-fearing man, so the book says, so Acts tells us. And he'd had a vision of an angel of God at three in the afternoon, so one of the versions of the Bible tells us. We actually listened to the message version, which is kind of a bit more accessible. And uh, it's a long passage, but there are some really good things in there. So if you've got your piece of paper, take it home with you and have a read of it afterwards, because you might have something that I don't talk about that leaps out of the page to you that might actually speak to something about what you're going through at the moment. So use that piece of paper. So here we see two men who are both God-fearing. Now, Peter wouldn't normally mix with Gentiles. He'd had the visitation by the angel at noon the next day, telling him that he was no longer to be, um, thing people were to be called impure or unclean. So when he was sent for by Cornelius, he does as he's asked. And I imagine that there could have been some hesitation in that. It's such a big ask for us to do something that seems difficult. I know for me, it's been a difficult journey towards ordination. But actually, those steps and the length of time it's taken to get to this point had given me time to process and to pray 
and to think about God's calling on my life. So that time is a chance to grapple with the doubts and the hesitancy that you might be feeling in your call. So these God-fearing men, they both pray, they both act upon what God's told them, and what are the results? They're pretty astounding. Peter, through this godly, godly manipulation of time and space, has the chance to share everything he has experienced about Christ. He talks about Jesus being the Lord of all and bringing peace. And he even shares his own experience of being with him. That's important. Your own experience is important. About eating with Jesus after the resurrection, drinking with him. And this small testimony, this small amount of faith, hit the Gentiles straight between the eyes. The Holy Spirit fell. They spoke in tongues. They believed. And then they were baptized. It just takes the smallest amount of faith to step out, to pray, and believe that God will work through you. So what can we learn from this ourselves? Be prepared. Pray. If it's not all about us, it's to do with God. Let's do it with him. The number of times that I've made mistakes because I've gone off, marched off in the wrong direction, or marched off ahead of God, or haven't even gone at all. We have the chance to do this thing with God. I don't know if anyone noticed the last sentence in the gospel reading. It was, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. After his baptism, he spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness preparing for the mission, the work that he had to do. He spent that time preparing his heart, praying, and that gave him the strength to overcome the temptations that the devil threw at him and then the strength to get on with his own work afterwards, his own mission. Prayer comes first, first and foremost, prayer. And we're in this period of Lent now, and my question for you is, how are you preparing your hearts for the mission that you have in your lives? God didn't open a window from heaven and shout down, I love you! He did in a way, but... He didn't send a messenger or a colleague. He came himself in Jesus. God's love is shown through God himself dying and choosing to die a horrific death on a cross. Someone had to receive justice for our sin. God himself chose to be that person. Actions speak louder than words. This was an act of perfect love. Jesus opened up this way for us to be reconciled to God, to be able to communicate freely with our creator and to be loved in abundance by our creator so that we can live in freedom and go out and love others in abundance too. And that's profound. So if you found all that out, why wouldn't you want to share that with anybody? This is good news. But we're here to celebrate the baptisms of these wonderful children as well. Baptism is all about thankfulness for life. It's all about loving our children and wanting the best for them. It's about belonging to a family and maybe even something bigger than our immediate family. It's about our values and our morals. It's about wanting light rather than darkness. It's about life and hope. It's all about Jesus and connection with the good news he came to share. And it involves you the whole church family, to share with these children, to care for them and for their family. 
and to share our experience and knowledge of God's love with them. Baptism is at the heart of our life as a church, and it's the sacrament that begins our life in Christ, signifying all that Christ has done for us in our life, death and resurrection, and baptism. God joins us to Christ through his church. We are washed clean and given the spirit and clothed in Christ. So let's remember, we need to model Christ. You are the Bible for other people. Let's prepare our faith through prayer. And know that Jesus is good news and know what that means for you. And go and enjoy it. Amen. <laughs>